Hey, what's going on, guys? I am Colin Wallace Jr. and I talk about businesses that impact you. That could be retail, consumer, tech, you name it. We'll talk about it right here on this channel. So like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, let's get right into it. Uh, today we're talking about eight mistakes companies make when raising capital. Um, now, we actually, full disclosure, we wrote an article about this a couple years ago, but I figured that now that we're in this, you know, higher for longer, uh, if you will, rate environment, it's worth revisiting because companies that were getting a lot of easy money before or definitely easier than now, um, they're finding it tough, right? So uh, a lot of venture capital money, it's either dried up or the stakes have gotten higher. The, the bar has been set higher uh, for the companies that they're looking to invest in. So with that, a lot of companies are kind of finding it difficult to raise. And, um, you know, it's worth maybe revisiting some of these tips that a lot of companies might not have been taking in before because the, the environment was just different. Now that things are tougher, it's time to kind of tighten, you, tighten your game up a little bit, tighten the screws and uh let's see if we can help somebody out with this information so let's not waste any time let's get right into it okay so number one is leaving it too late so waiting until the bank is dry or almost dry um, until those accounts are you know approaching zero before you start your process or before you start going to market and saying hey we need to raise some money now, as a leader of a company, you could argue that the number one job is to make sure that the business doesn't run out of cash. So if you're in a position where you're going to investors for them to do diligence on your company and to hopefully give you money, and you're saying that you have arguably not done so well at your primary responsibility, that's a red flag, right? To a lot of investors, that can be a red flag. Now, are there extenuating circumstances that can cause that? Absolutely. Um, but you're starting behind the eight ball or you're starting from a difficult position if you're coming to an investor last minute and saying, hey, we really need money. Um, that's one and two, it puts you in a very difficult negotiating position, right? If you're coming to the table and saying, hey, I really need this money or else our business is gonna, is gonna go under, that investor can give you any kind of terms and you know, you might be more willing to take it or more liable to take it because you don't have any other options, <laughs> right? So you, the last thing you want to do is be in a position where it's already tough to negotiate or it's already tough to, to, to land a deal as it is when you're raising capital for your business and to be in a position where you're starting from, you're starting on defense, you know, right away. That's not a position you want to put yourself in. So instead of that, what should you be doing instead, right? So the way we kind of look at it is you should look at capital raising, not as kind of a six week or a three month or whatever happens to be sprint. You should look at this as a year long ongoing process of something that you're doing all the time. You should always be building relationships uh, relationships with investors. You should always be, you know, refining your pitch, refining your materials, um, taking the temperature of the market and seeing what your valuation is like and, you know, what different investors are looking for and that sort of thing. That should be an ongoing, you know, if not daily, but weekly or monthly part of your, your process so that when the time comes to raise, 
you're not one you're not last minute you're not behind the eight ball and two you already have warm relationships with the right investors the last thing you want to do is bring the wrong person on board because you just needed the money so that's a great way of kind of looking at it as to having you know these long-standing relationships that you're always cultivating here and there and then when you need it you can tap the right people who are going to come to the table with you you know as equals as opposed to you know a very imbalanced power dynamic um and then two it also gives you more or three i guess we're at um it also gives you more predictability in your business right you know kind of you know when that capital is going to be coming in you can predict it a bit easier and you also know a bit more of kind of okay here's how here's how much runway we have i should start raising six months or a year in advance where i should kind of have these people tapped so that by time i need it it's already there right so that's that's one Okay, so two then is not raising enough money. Um, and on one hand, sure, you might want to go in and be modest, be conservative, that sort of thing. But that can actually hurt you in the long run. One, because you're not actually going to be able to hit those goals that you're telling the investor that you're going to hit. And two, kind of down the road is if you don't hit those numbers, you know, it makes it look like you don't have a good handle on your business, on your numbers. It, it kind of seems like you're, you know, you, you kind of pull that number out of thin air as opposed to, no, you were really just trying to be modest, be respectful, and then it ends up biting you in the butt anyways, right? So with that, then how do you know how much to raise, right? So one, it should be enough to complete your current milestones, right? Like that's number one. Um, two, it should be enough to reach your next major valuation or your next major milestone point whatever that next checkpoint is that major checkpoint it should be enough to hit that right and then three if you can get there it should be enough to reach profitability that especially in this market so many investors now want to see profitability so if you're an early stage company that's something that you're definitely should be thinking about if you're already profitable then you know maybe you either disregard that or if you're not at industry um, best practice or industry standard in terms of what your, your margins are, you want to be able to get to that with whatever that next raise is. So you're really thinking about what's that next major checkpoint and the next time we're going to raise capital at a better valuation, that's the amount of money that you need to go from A to B. And of course, leaving a bit of extra wiggle room for if things go wrong, right? Like you don't want to raise down to the penny and then something happens out of nowhere and you have no flexibility um, to maneuver or to be adaptable in your business, which is a big part of just what business is, right? So you don't want to be overly prescriptive, but you do want to have a tight, you know, use of funds and that sort of thing. And we'll probably get more into that later. Um, but just knowing what does it take to get from A to B being that next big milestone or checkpoint or valuation for the business. Okay, so three, pitching any and every investor <laughs> under the sun, just getting a list of names and just, uh, you know, spamming and praying. Um, that's definitely 
not what you want to do. Um, and you'll actually waste a lot of time doing that. So of course, in the, the ecosystem of capital providers, you've got everything from individual investors and angels to VC, private equity, family offices. Um, there's tons of acronyms and names and, and different um, groups out there, but they all play a slightly different role in the landscape, right? So obviously VCs, individual angels, and that sort of thing, they're looking at companies that are a little bit younger or earlier in the in their growth or in their life cycle stage and you know private equity and those folks they're looking for companies that are a bit further along so you don't want to be reaching out to those types of um, capital providers if as we talked about before you're not even profitable yet they're not going to be looking for for companies like that and as you break that group down so even within private equity or within vc or within within family offices they all have different things that they like or dislike to invest in. They all have their own investment thesis. And essentially as great as you think your company is, if you don't fit their thesis, they're not gonna look at you, right? Or if they do, it's it's, it's really a long shot. So you wanna do a bit of that homework upfront to understand, you know, what's their thesis that they've probably posted on their website. That's kind of the bare minimum. Two is looking at some of their deal history, some of the things that they've, that they've liked, some of the exits that they've had, some of the successes that they might've talked about. And then three, is kind of building a relationship and as opposed to kind of saying hey this is the amount of money that we need you know give it to us now <laughs> kind of thing um really maybe reaching out for a coffee chat or so and just really understand hey what is it that you like these days obviously markets are different has anything changed in your thesis how are you thinking about markets what are you looking to add to your portfolio are you overweight or underweight in any areas you know you're looking for something different you know that type of conversation is what you'd rather have with an with an investor and picking kind of a few target ones that you think would be best fit for you and reaching out to those first and using those conversations to determine the rest of your outreach approach so if you have those first you know say five conversations and they're all going left they're all going the wrong way then you might want to kind of you know go back to the drawing board reevaluate certain things if all those five conversations go really well you think you've really identified the right niche for you then great you can expand that list and target a bunch more investors that fit a similar profile but less is more in the beginning get really precise it's almost like a marketing you know brand persona <laughs> um exercise really finding out your target market not just for your business but for investors as well and then diving deep from there once you figure that out Okay, four, leaving out a detailed use of proceeds. Now, if you're a company that's a bit further on, I'll get to you in a second, but for companies that are a bit more junior, you know, VC type companies, a lot of times they might think, okay, the financial aspect doesn't really matter because we're young and, you know, those numbers are made up anyways. That's That might be true for the, you know, your, your revenue projections and that sort of thing. But in terms of the actual way that you will use an investor's money, if you if they are to 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 cut, cut a check for you, you need to have a very detailed plan as to kind of what your process is and what you're planning to do with that money to get from, again, as we mentioned before, from A to B, that next milestone, that next checkpoint, as well as kind of contingencies and plans in place for, OK, if this goes wrong, here's what we'll do. If that goes wrong, here's what we'll do instead. Just showing that you've thought through some of this, obviously anything can happen especially if you're a younger company but just showing that hey we've been thoughtful about this we've been we're being respectful we're being good stewards of your capital that's kind of what they want to see and what will go a long way to showing that investor that okay my money is in 
good hands with this team as opposed to someone else who maybe hasn't thought of that. And if you're further along, if you're a private equity kind of type in investment investable company, that's even more important because those guys are looking for a return a lot sooner. So you should have even more clarity as to what you're going to do with that money since you're going to have to give it back to them in three to five years kind of thing. That's extending a bit now, now these days, but still the idea is that they're not looking at you the same way they're looking at a more junior, um, you know, venture capital or angel type company. So you really want to have nailed in on, okay, yes, we're asking you for money and this is what we need it for, but not just that first heading, kind of the sub bullets that go underneath that and you know some plans in place if things change and that sort of thing what your what your expectations are of kind of how that will evolve again going from a to b okay so five this is an interesting one um misalignment on how long management will stay on so there are some times when you know a founder ceo the team is looking to raise capital but different people within the team or the founder or whoever it may happen to be has a certain idea of how long they want to stay on or what they want after this deal is done versus what the investor wants versus what they might be communicating publicly, you know, despite what they might internally feel <laughs> themselves. So it's a bit confusing, but basically what I'm trying to say is that different investors are looking for different things, not just in terms of the company, the industry, you know, subsector, that sort of thing, but also in terms of management's level of involvement after the deal is done. So there are some investors out there that want to, you know, they, they want to do a full takeover and they want a, a very neat and orderly transition, but they want that founder, you know, out of there. I don't want to say ASAP, but they're looking to take over the business themselves. They want to run it. They're looking at you for just kind of some initial advice as to, you know, how to transition and then they're off to the races. And then there's other investors who know they want to cut that check, but they want you in the seat to see out the full vision of whatever it was that you were planning to do. Um, not just the next, you know, valuation or milestone, but they want to see you take it end to end. So it's important to know kind of first within yourself, where are you in that process? Like, is your heart still in it? Is your head still in it? You know, do you have another five to 10 years to give to this? Or do you want to get your money and go sit on the beach somewhere as soon as you possibly can? And having that open and honest dialogue is important, not just with yourself first, but then to go out and find the right investors for you so that you can get a deal that works for you as opposed to feeling like you're being chained into something that you know you don't want to be a part of anymore or the opposite where you know you you want to stay on long term and they're just trying to get rid of you and bring the next guy in um as soon as possible okay so this is one of my favorites number six telling a complicated story. <laughs> this happens a lot, especially in more complicated fields, you know, um, advanced technologies, healthcare, that sort of thing. Um, you're an expert in your area and the people that you work with are experts in your area. So it can be hard to kind of dial that back, tone it back a bit when you're speaking to someone else who's not in your world. Now, there's a quote, I think it's from Einstein, who said, if you can't explain it to 
you know, a child, then you don't really know it that well at all. And I wouldn't say that about a founder who's dedicated years of experience to this, but it's certainly an art and a science to taking complex material that you put years into mastering and learning and distilling that down so that not maybe not necessarily a child, but maybe someone in high school or, you know, an eighth grader or someone like that can understand. Right. And a lot of investors, they might be very successful people, but they might not be an expert in your niche. Right. And even if you're, as we talked about in a previous point, even if you are doing your homework and finding investors that are in your niche, they're not, they're not experts in your business. Right. And they might not be experts in your specific subsector or sub niche of this industry. So the best thing you can do, and at the end of the day, too, on top of that, at the end of the day, we're all human. Right. And we're all going to resonate with something much deeper and much more um, emotionally if it's easy to understand and it comes to us right away, as opposed to something that I really have to work my brain to understand, even if I do eventually understand it. The idea is to walk them to the end destination of writing you a check as easily, as efficiently uh, as possible and to have them, you know, nodding their head and, you know, really involved and committed from start to finish. You don't want to give room for them to kind of have to be scratching and thinking and um, really working themselves to, to understand the business, let alone why they should invest in the business. So, you know, easy things to practice would be, you know, can you pitch your business to, you know, your mom, your friend, your grandma, your dad, um, you know, a, a random person on the subway. Again, nothing um, confidential, but can you explain this in a way that would get anybody excited about it? And if you can do that, then you're halfway there to convincing an investor who's very sophisticated and is going to have, you know, more resources and everything to do their diligence afterwards. But you have to get them. We're all human, right? You kind of have to get them up out of their seat in those first few minutes, first few seconds, whatever it happens to be. And the easiest way to do that is to be able to explain what you're doing in a very simple, concise but still compelling way to get them to say, okay, I want to hear more, right? That's the biggest thing. I want to hear more. And if you can't get them to that, you're, you, it's going to be tough. Okay. So this is another one that I um, really like and have seen a lot. Poor understanding of your key metrics, right? Now, every business, every industry has different things that are the, the key drivers, if you will, of the business. And as a leader pitching an investor, it's your job to know what the most important ones are for your business, right? And sometimes for your business, it might be a little bit different than the industry or for other peers or competitors in your space. And you need to know theirs to be able to explain to an investor, hey, this is why we're a little bit different. You got to judge us in this kind of way. And here's why that's important. But you still have to know that, right? And the same way you have a customer facing brand with your marketing team and all that sort of thing, you need a similar, uh, you know, in terms of attention to detail and crispness to your investor facing brand as well. So that's all your pitch materials and all that sort of thing that we all know, but it also goes down a layer deeper to the quality of your, your financials and your reporting, you know, the models and the spreadsheets that you send over, you know, your ability to understand what drives growth, 
profitability and all the different KPIs that are involved in your business, your ability to, to present that in a, in a cogent, clear manner is huge. And it's almost equally as important as your customer facing brand because your investors, yes, they want to see the product. They want to see how it works. They want to see how customers interact with it, but you're selling the investor just as much as you're selling the customer. So you need a brand and a marketing and all that kind of stuff for every touch point that they're going to have with you. And that goes beyond the teaser, the one pager. It's the way you speak about the business, it's the way you articulate the details about your numbers and how you answer tough questions, all that sort of stuff. And your understanding, your grasp of it is just as important um, as you know the investments that you're putting on the marketing side to the actual customers. So don't neglect you know your your investor brand and understanding those key metrics and drivers of your business and how your investors will perceive that and how you'll kind of manage you know those conversations. Okay, and last but not least being unclear in how to get to the next milestone. So we talked about this before in terms of, again, I'm stressing it so much, but how you're going to get from A to B and a lack of clarity in what that next milestone looks like and what's actually going to be impactful for that next valuation is, you know, I don't want to keep using the word red flag, but it's an issue, right? And you really want to make sure that you have that nailed down and knowing exactly what's going to drive your business to have a better valuation the next round or to, you know, be sold for a higher price or whatever it happens to be. You want to know what that is before you go into a conversation with an investor about trying to raise money. And that's huge because, you know, you want to know kind of how long is their money going to be tied up for? Is it, is it 12 months? Is it 24 months? Is it five years? You know, all those things matter and are important in knowing, you know, before you go into that conversation and you kind of want to be able to get it down to a point of saying, Hey, here's a Gantt chart or a timeline or however you choose to present it to an investor of we're here today the the most important milestone that we need to get to to make everybody happy and to make everybody money is x right it's it's profitability or it's product market fit or it's whatever it is on 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 your you know dashboard here's where we are today here's where we're trying to get to here are all the steps that need to be accomplished in between and you know be just being very clear on that so that they can see that they can grasp it and knowing okay here's how we know that we'll be as we go from A to B, here's how we know that we're on track and here's how we'll know if we're off track. And if we're off track, here's what we'll do to fix that. If we're ahead of schedule, here's some of the other things that we'll, that we'll add in or that we can um, fold into the process afterwards. But again, being very, very, very clear on what that next milestone is and how you're going to gain you know, traction and, and progress and show that progress in a very linear step-by-step manner as much as you can. Obviously, we all know that business is not linear. It goes up, down, left, right, things happen, right? But you wanna be able to project as much clarity in such an unclear, unpredictable world as possible to an investor. And doing that in a very clear, clean, concise way with confidence will go a long way in helping you to raise because investors are smart, they've been here you know, they've been here before, they know things happen. What they're looking for is for someone to be able to say, hey, 
here are all the bad things that can happen. We've thought about a lot of them. Here's how we're going to mitigate. Here's how we're going to get from A to B. Here's how. Here's our process. Here's how we'll know we're on track or off track. And here's what we need from you in terms of support, help, guidance, what have you. Are you in or out? That's kind of, you know, the mentality, you know, that you want to have in your mind in terms of how you approach a raise. And obviously it could be a very collaborative back and forth process because from point number one, you're not gonna leave it too late, <laughs> right? You're gonna be having these dialogues, these conversations, and you're gonna be on the same page as that investor. And you, you'll take some of their feedback, you know, in terms of what they think might be an appropriate milestone, yes or no. So having that down and clear will go a long way to helping you raise some money. So with that, Here's the recap of all of them. I'll put it to the side, um, but I won't take any more of your time. Again, like, comment, subscribe. Let me know what else you want to see and uh, take it easy. I appreciate you guys. Cheers. Bye.